So the reading is Matthew chapter 20, and it's the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Jesus speaking. For the kingdom of heaven is like uh, a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour, he went out and saw some others standing in the... And and he said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I'll pay you whatever's right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, what are you standing here for? Um, Why have you been standing all day doing nothing? No one's hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, uh, call the workers, pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the 11th hour came and each received a denarius. Woohoo! <laughs> wow! So, when they came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Hey, these men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. You've made them equal to us. We've, we've, we've worked the, the burden of the work, we've taken the burden, and we've endured the heat of the day. And, 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 and he, he answered them, just one of them. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Yeah, so this is um, another of the parables of the kingdom in our series on the kingdom of God. And uh, when I first, as a young Christian, first read this parable, I was adamant that it was not fair. (laughs) Totally unfair. And um, I did not understand uh, two things. One, I didn't understand why the landowner went out four times, or five times, I can't count, but... Why did he keep going out and getting more workers? I didn't understand that. 
And I didn't understand why an hour before knocking off time, why the workers would go for an hour. If you went to the labor exchange in Chesham, if there is one, and um, there was an hour left to work, and you said, come on, work for me for an hour, I can't imagine the people wanting to do it. I think they'd say, no, no, book me in for tomorrow, and I'll come tomorrow for a full day. But they, they wanted to work. So I've looked up a little bit of the background, which answers some of those questions. Let's move the Bible away. Yes, and I found that, that casual laborers waited in the marketplace to be hired with their tools, if they had some. And the grape harvest in September was closely followed by the October rains. So there seemed to be a real sense of urgency in the vineyard to gather the grapes before the crops were ruined. So that explains why the owner came looking for more workers late in the day. Any extra help was appreciated, even if it was just an hour. And the laborers, casual laborers, were living from hand to mouth. Um, I don't really understand what it's like to live from hand to mouth. Um, when I was a student, we used to run out of money towards the end of term, and then, then I understood what it was like <laughs> to um, miss lunch just because you, you couldn't actually get it. And, um, but I've never had to live from hand to mouth knowing that if I didn't get work, I couldn't eat. But that was the reality at the time. So they would have been eager to work just for part of the day to receive some income rather than go home with nothing. So the tradition was that they were paid daily and they would then go and buy food for their families. If they had no work, there would be no money and no food that evening. That is is terrible, and that was the reality. So, that's the background, and we start to understand why it was very important that the workers all got something that enabled them to live. It was very important. <laughs> but I can hear you say, this parable just isn't fair. We don't understand it. It's, we sympathize with the workers who were hired first. Those who worked a full day in the sun should get a higher rate of pay than those who worked for just one hour. If any of us worked for a company who paid everyone the same, whether they were full-time or part-time, there would be complaints to the owners. The unions would be making complaints and calling for strike action. So this parable goes against all of our natural human reactions. We want to judge and criticize the owner. And I did when I first read this parable. 
Most parables are designed to illustrate one Christian truth in a story that we would remember easily. And this one I do remember. So you and I are supposed to be like the workers sent out by God to share the good news of forgiveness and to point others towards the kingdom of God. It may not seem at all fair that those called by God as a young person who have spent long years serving him should get the same reward as someone who comes to faith near the end of their life. We, uh, um, in my last church, we used to go into an old people's home and we used to pray for mostly the ladies, there were a couple of gentlemen, but mostly for the ladies there. And a couple of them came to the Lord um, literally weeks before they passed away. And yes, <laughs> it's great. They were glad to be in the kingdom of God. We were delighted that they were in the kingdom of God. But they got exactly the same reward as some of us who'd been Christians for many years. But did it matter? No, it didn't matter. It was a cause of praise. It was a cause of praise. And this concept of grace is very important. Because in God's eyes, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. None of us are perfect. So if entry into God's kingdom depended on my behavior, my thoughts, my attitudes, I wouldn't reach God's standard. But thankfully... Entering God's kingdom depends on God's kindness, sending Jesus to open the way to God's kingdom. We all received what none of us deserved because of grace. You might have noticed a theme of grace through the worship, um, which was lovely. And um, the concept of grace, I think, is super important. Um, when I became a Christian, I was um, 19. And when I started work as a teacher, I um, wanted to be reminded of grace. So I made sure that my computer password at work always had the word grace in it. It had other things also, which changed, because every two months in Hillingdon, we had to um, change our password. But always the word grace was there. And I think some of my colleagues thought it must be my mother's name or something. But it wasn't. It was the goodness of God, the grace of God. And I appreciated the grace of God because I'd had some turbulent years in my teens. And I had been involved in things that I wouldn't want anyone here to know. Um, so when I entered the kingdom of God, I really appreciated forgiveness. I was overwhelmed by forgiveness that all that I had done that had not only displeased God, but displeased my family, all of that was in the past. All of that was history. 
and God enabled me to start again. So it was very, very important. And every time I turned on my computer at work, I was reminded, I am a product of grace. Uh, and that's great. So we all received what none of us really deserve because of God's grace. So when the owner in this story decides to pay everyone the same, he's being supremely compassionate. Um, I like the way Derek read that section of Matthew because he said, whoopee. It wasn't there in the original. Um, <laughs> whoopee wasn't there, but whoopee would be what the workers would be thinking. Just when they had needs, they may not have worked the day before. They might have all been really hungry. And to get a full day's wage for an hour was, oh, it was their lucky day. They were probably saying whoopee all the way home, all the way to the shops to buy their um, bread and cheese for supper or whatever they had. Um, so... God was being supremely compassionate. He knew the situation of the workers and he just wanted them to experience his generosity and his goodness. So all of us can never earn the grace of God. We all need it. We all need forgiveness and entry into God's presence and his kingdom. But our values, human values, are turned upside down by God. There is very little about God that is similar to our attitudes. Very little indeed. His, his attitudes are opposite of the world's values. So the world tells us that we get what we deserve that if we work hard, we might get promotion, we might climb the success ladder, our incomes might increase. Except, of course, the reality is that sometimes promotion can depend on who you know or even who you are in a relationship with. One job I went for, um, I didn't get, and the person who did get the job at this school was having an affair with the deputy head. Um, and, and the deputy head, guess what, was on the interview panel. And so, of course, it was um, the other person who got the job. It wasn't me. And, uh, but thankfully, you know, I wasn't having an affair with anyone on the senior management. And um, I was happy to wait. So... With the Lord, you know, there is no bias. There is no nepotism. There are no favorites. All his followers receive forgiveness. And we all can experience God's love and enter his kingdom. Even those who've lived for themselves for 60 years and found faith late in life. I was speaking to someone like that this week. Uh, we were down in Devon, and I spoke to a lady called Julie, and she came to faith halfway through her life. 
think she was about 40. And um, she said that this parable meant a lot to her because it said that you are just as important as someone who uh, asked the Lord into their life age five. Just as important. And um, she was so happy to be in the kingdom of God that she um, trained for two years and works for the church now as an unpaid pastoral worker. So she's done the training, gone through all the study, but is not taking any kind of wage. Um, and she is so happy to be in the kingdom of God and to have found faith that she is happy to do that. Um, so this parable was significant for her. And God's grace is put center stage. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Now, when I read that, I wasn't quite sure what Jesus was getting at. Um, I read a commentary which gave three possible interpretations, and I will tell you them, um, and we can make your own minds up. But the first that I read about was that Jesus was warning the disciples. Now, the disciples were the first members of the kingdom of God. They were the first sort of chosen ones, you could say. They were called by Jesus, and they joined the church in the very early days. But others would follow. First of all, 70, and then, and then thousands, millions all over the world. So I think Jesus was saying that the first disciples must not claim any special honor because they were called first, since everyone is equally precious to God. I think that could well have been the original meaning of that line. Um, it was also a challenge to the Jews, who, as I'm sure you all know, thought that they were God's chosen people. And they looked down on the Gentiles, the non-Jews. Now, if they were going to find faith, they would need to recognize that God has no favorites at all. That the non-Jews and the foreigners in their community were people God was concerned about. And then thirdly, there's the obvious interpretation that every person's service ranks the same with God. It's not the amount of years we have served our God that matters, but it's our hearts. It's the love that has accompanied our time in his kingdom. Have we been loving? Have we at all entered into that feeling of superiority because we've been a Christian a long time? It's easy to get proud. It can happen. So I asked the Lord, what analogy could I give you today that would help you to remember this? And 
Trying to think of an analogy for this parable was very difficult um, because our lives are different and we don't experience the generosity of God very often. So what the Lord gave to me was the World Cup final. So in, in the World Cup final, every member of the winning squad gets a medal whether they've played in every match or whether they were a five-minute substitute in extra time in one early match. It doesn't matter. They all come up to get their World Cup medals or their runners-up medals. They all get the same medal. And so if you forget everything else that I've said today, Remember that. We're all in the same squad. We all get the same medal. The reward is the same. Whether we get saved five months before we pass away or whether we got saved at age five in the Sunday school, we all get the same reward. There is also in this parable a bit of a warning against grumbling and envy. Um, Matthew 20, verse 12, the grumblers said, these men who were hired last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. The grumblers, <laughs> they didn't understand the generosity of the owner and the generosity of God. They, they were forgetting that every worker needed to feed their family that day. They needed a living wage. So there was a distinct sense of them and us. We've worked harder, we should get more. And it reminds me of the attitude of the eldest brother in the parable of the prodigal son. I'm sure we're familiar with that. Where the older son was angry that his younger brother, who'd gone away and wasted his father's inheritance, should get a, a feast. He didn't deserve a feast. And of course, he didn't, really. In human terms, he didn't. But do any of us deserve God's grace and God's favor? You know, are any of us perfect? Have any of us met God's standard? Well, I know I didn't. And uh, I don't think any of us have. So it doesn't depend on what we deserve. And there is a warning, I think, that there can be this them and us attitude in churches. I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, but the Lord said, say this. So I'm going to say it. Do not think that because you've been in the church a long time, you are somehow superior, somehow um, more favored by God than the person who walks in from the street, um, the person who 
may be very different from us, may have financial struggles, may have emotional struggles, may be very needy indeed. Um, but we need to have the grace of God. We need to ask him for grace that we might understand and try and draw alongside the people who come in. Because if there's them and us, they're going to walk straight out again. And that's what God told me to say. I think it will get in the way of church growth if we have that them and us attitude. So hopefully we can get rid of that and that we won't be a grumbler. I was a grumbler once, um, well, maybe more than once, but the one that springs to mind is, is when um, Andrew and I went to Scotland and Andrew was doing a mission in a place called Kirkaldy. Kirkaldy? Um, they say it differently up there. Um, but it's in Fife. And um, when we were there, there was a, a lady in the church who had been healed from glaucoma. And I should have been rejoicing that she'd been healed of glaucoma. But I have glaucoma, and I haven't been healed of it. And, and I was really envious. And I was saying, well, you know, what has she done that she could get healing, freedom from this problem? And I haven't. And the Lord hasn't really answered that, um, except, of course, to know that the Apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh which God decided not to take away. So I have to acknowledge that, you know, it, it, my healing may come, but it hasn't come yet. And I have to acknowledge that, yes, God is still loving. God has still been absolutely amazing in my life, has answered so many prayers, but just not that one. He's answered prayers for my, my younger daughter who was anorexic and had no periods and was told she wouldn't have children. She now has two children. Yes, yes. So the big things, you know, things that really matter, God has answered. Even the little things, you know, God has answered. When I moved to Chesham, I um, prayed for a house with two toilets. <laughs> because in our previous house, which was quite small, there was only one. And it was quite difficult, especially as you start getting arthritic hips. It's quite difficult to be able to uh, run upstairs quickly <laughs> when you needed to go. So I asked for two toilets and God gave me three. <laughs> three toilets in the house in Chesham. So, you know, God is a God who gives us more than we need. More than we need. And going back to the story, the people who work for an hour got a full day's wage. They got more than they expected. And that's it with the Lord. So yes, I was a grumbler about this lady getting healed of glaucoma in Kakaldi. But it didn't last. I'm no longer grumpy about that. Um, 
because the main point of this story is that we all can experience the compassion and the grace of God. And maybe not every single prayer has been answered yet, but we still experience the grace and the favor of God. None of us can earn it. None of us deserve it. None of us deserve it. And yet, God is showing grace to all of us. And we're all at the same level in terms of forgiveness. So, returning to the World Cup final analogy, at the end of the match, every member of the squad gets the same medal, the same reward. And I'll end with the words of a song which I think we're going to sing. Only by grace can we enter. Only by grace can we stand. Not by our human endeavor, but by the blood of the Lamb.